right here tonight i want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on melody lane with all the other rich people and i want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head and i want to look him straight in the eye and i want to tell him what a cheap lying no good rotten four flushing low life snake licking dirt eating inbred overstuffed ignorant blood sucking dog kissing brainless dickless hopeless heartless fat ass bug-eyed stiff-legged spotted it Worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Ah. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Welcome to the Element of Surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Seward, and it's Christmas time! It's Christmas time, motherfuckers! We're gonna get Christmassy! Ooh! Ooh, yeah! You hear that? Christmas time, Christmas time, time to do some Christmas stuff. Talk about the Christmas stuff, be weird and all around. Hey, I wrote a Christmas song uh, about Big John. You guys want to hear it? Want to hear it? Here it goes. <coughs> here comes Big John, here comes Big John in a Scion TC. He's got a car that's filled with garbage for the world to see. Big John won't go to Ohio, cause that's where lesbians are. He's just gonna stay right here in Pennsylvania and fill up his garbage with his car. Oh, here comes Big John, here comes Big John. Yeah, you see how that works? Yes. Okay, so, without further ado, without further ado, welcome to the Element of Surprise Holiday Special Hajubilee. I'm your host, Chadwick J. Seward, and I'm feeling festive this holiday season. How are you? How are you feeling? Are you feeling good? Excellent. I'm uh, here alongside my loving family. I have Ash, my content advisor here with me, and I've got my eight-year-old son looking forward to Christmas, and I'm going to not just school all of you about it. I'm going to school him on some Christmas shit. Um, so without further ado, Anakin, say hi. Hi. There he is. There he is. That's my guy. Okay, so later in the episode, I'm going to be asking Anison some Anna, Anna Sin. I'm going to be asking Anakin some Christmas questions, and uh, then reflecting on his answers. But first, I do have some uh, holiday stuff that I'd like to discuss with all of you. So without further ado, um, you know, check us out www.facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. That's our uh, Facebook page. Our hosting site is eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com. Check us out there. I believe we're also on. Um, I think we're on iTunes, I think we're on uh, various other media formats, and you know, find us on there as well. So enjoy, and without further ado, um, it's time to get in the holiday spirit. So, you know, as I've discussed before, every Christmas, uh, Santa Claus, he sneaks into our homes, which is still illegal, by the way, but uh, somehow we're okay with it, and he eats our cookies, which is theft, by the way, but, you know, whatever. And he just leaves good gifts for good children. That's what he does, right? He comes in the house and he leaves gifts for good children. But I really want to address this further. I don't think that I'm really getting through to anybody, so I'd like to address it further. Now listen, you wake up in Christmas morning. Santa has already come. He's left the gifts. There are completely unaccounted for presents under your Christmas tree that get ignored. Large, unexplained gifts appear in your home addressed to your child, which you have no recollection of purchasing, but that's okay. 
That's okay. We're just fine with that. We're just fine with that. Here's an example, and I'm going to reference the Tim Allen movies, the Santa Claus movies, um, you know, in which Tim Allen loses custody of his son because other adults think he's insane for telling kids to believe in Santa Claus. But also in that same film, one uh, family gets a fucking kayak for Christmas. And where did the parents think the fucking kayak came from? Where do they, who do they think is buying them expensive water sports equipment, and why don't they care about it? Um, imagine what else is possibly ignored. Do these parents live their day-to-day lives on Xanax and uh, in the so-called soma coma so that no matter what happens around them, regardless of how insane or unexplained, they just smile and are cool with whatever is showing up in their fucking house? Because it's as if every Christmas movie I watch and every adult character in these Christmas movies is purposefully and willingly denying the existence of Santa Claus for no other reason than just to shit in the mouth of joy and wonderment. And I'm alright with that, but if that's the case, then why is nobody concerned when their children are receiving expensive, unmarked gifts from a stranger that just appears in their home? Beyond the improbable denial of a very clear and obvious existence, I am uh, apparently also the only person aware that these films are utter insanity packaged as a yuletide fever dream, and that they try to cover up that Tim Allen literally causes the Jolly Fat Man to fall to his death in the first ten minutes of the movie. And absolutely fucking no one mourns his death. Not one person or elf in that movie mourns the death of the previous Santa. No one. The head elf Bernard just glazes over his death entirely, briefly explaining to Tim Allen that he's Santa now, and his exact words are, the other Santa disappeared, right? And that's it. That's, that's all they talk about it. If you don't believe me, put on the fucking Santa Claus and watch it. They glaze over the death of the previous Santa as if maybe he had also just become Santa the previous year. Which leads me to the fucking question. Um, it, refer, it leads me to the conclusion, rather, is that it only becomes more insane from here because Tim Allen learns that by putting on the Santa suit, he is now Santa. And due to a legal clause, as in uh, the fucking type that you'll find whenever you're forced into going to court over child custody battles, uh, mom, and I quote, and I'm quoting directly, he waives any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied. And I'd like to, um, I'd like to take a minute to just explain the gravity of that. He's waiving any and all rights to any previous identity he may have had, be it real or implied, because he put on the Santa suit. That, to me, sounds like nobody chooses to be Santa, and only after a series of unexpected and unmourned deaths have we arrived at the Tim Allen Santa Claus. That also makes me think about the unmourned Santa Tim Allen unintentionally killed. Who was he before? He could have been like some teenager who accidentally killed the previous Santa the year before that. In fact, the, that explains why he wasn't mourned. Maybe, as I said, the elves are so used to this guy dying by now that they refuse to get attached to any current Santa at all. It's, it's no shock when some confused stranger just shows up in the North Pole with the suit on and a look of object terror on their idiot face. That's just normal for them. That's just regular day for the elves. They do this one time a fucking year, and, that, and for them, that's just like, all right, all right, see you later, Santa. All right, have a good trip. Right, blitzing and all that. Yeah, okay. And then as soon as he's off, the, as soon as the sleigh takes off, they're like, okay, who the fuck do you think's coming back? Who do you think we're getting this year? Are we getting a seven-year-old? Are we getting uh, fucking Johnny Old Balls with his fucking uh, anti-humbug shit? What are we getting? And it still gets more fucked up from there, by the way, uh, because in the second film, because yes, there are three of these, that's the... Uh, that there's a clause beyond the clause. Not only has he given up all uh, rights to any previous identity that are real or implied, he needs to get married to a, and I'm quoting the movie again, woman of his choosing, which is horrifying in that it implies the female party involved has no choice in the matter, which is generally frowned upon and only accepted if it's because there's a pregnancy involved. Now, can I also mention the decor at the North Pole briefly in these movies? In the third film, Santa and his new wife, that his job forced upon him, by the way, are just hanging out together. They're just hanging out in the uh, North Pole living room by the fireplace. They're just chilling by the fireplace. The fireplace in the shape of Santa's own gigantic and ominous, terrifying face, complete with an open mouth full of flames, I might add. Jesus fucking Christ. Is this, a, this is supposed to be a children's movie, right? These are kids' movies. God damn.
Let's talk a little bit about the insanity of Christmas decorations, shall we? Okay. So, there are a shitload of Christmas decorations out there in the world that are just pure insanity And any other point of the year. Um, for example, there are cutesy signs that you can buy that are Christmas related and they say things they say things like, oh, I've been real naughty, or ooh, the elves made me do it. These are insane things. If you go around any other of the 11 months during the year saying the elves made me do it, you're going to be locked up and given, given periodic cat scans. And saying that you've been real naughty outside of Christmas implies a very different subject matter and context altogether. And it's not entirely holiday friendly. Um, at the very least, you're going to sound like a slutty, insane person, which you very well could be, but you sound like more of both now, and I really wouldn't be advertising it. Then there's the elf on the shelf and the backstory that goes with those. The elf works for the jolly fat man and watches your every move and reports it to Santa to make sure that you're on the right part of the naughty or nice lift. So let's, uh, you know, and I'm fine with that, you know, kids like it, it's fine. It's, it's, it's all about the children. But let's analyze the de let's analyze that a little deeper. Shall we? A tiny man inside of your home is constantly watching everything you do and then reporting your actions to their superior who decides your fate. That is pure insanity, people, and that sounds like the plot of a Saw movie. I want to play a game. Your actions decide your fate, but now those actions will be judged by someone. Naughty or nice. Make your choice. That is a fucking plot to a Saw movie. I'm shocked it doesn't set elaborate traps for you all around the house to test your naughty or niceness. It should abduct your friends and family members and then force you to decide what happens to them through choices of being naughty or nice. And what about ugly Christmas sweaters? What about these ugly Christmas sweaters that are such a fad these days? Why is it okay to wear ugly Christmas sweaters, but if you just wear an ugly, nasty-looking sweater any other time of the year, people think that you're homeless? Listen, I own an ugly Christmas sweater because I'm me and I have only small scraps of shame left inside of me, if any at all. But if I did attempt to wear a less festive but still overwhelmingly woolen sweater in, let's say, January or February, I'd get looked at like a possible homeless transient. Just add a beat-up and worn fedora hat, fingerless gloves, and a pair of pants that look like they were seemingly made from others other pairs of pants, and bang, I'm homeless. And for the record, I own and wear most of that stuff daily. <clears throat> now how about the decorative uh, holiday towels in the kitchen or in the bathroom? You know the ones. They're hanging on display where your regular hand towels or dish towel or body towel would normally be, and they've got little uh, Santa Clauses or snowmen down. Um, Santa Clauses or snowmen on them and uh, snowflakes and shit like that. And uh, you're, you're not allowed to touch them. They're just for display. Don't use the snowman getting raped by Blitzentau. That's just for decoration. That's what everyone yells at you about the fucking uh, holiday towels. But guess what? Guess where the normal fucking towels are? They're just straight up gone. They're just fucking missing now. They aren't where they should be. They're not folded in the linen closet. They're not where any... They're not in your fucking drawers they're just straight up vanished for the month of december and then they inexplicably reappear in january looking haggard and worse for wear in the meantime you're stuck with holiday towels that you're not allowed to use under punishment of death so you're forced to find alternative ways to dry yourself and things around you but under no circumstances are you to use the holiday towels if you are caught using the holiday towels listen listen Here's what's happening. Here's what happens if you get caught using the holiday towels. First offense, you are angrily explained the difference between holiday towels and a regular, de regular decorative towel that you've now sullied with your ignorance and filth. The second offense, if that didn't get through to you, the second offense for using the decorative holiday towel, a hired goon in a Santa outfit cuts off your pinky finger. And that's you just got to live with that. He just takes it. Third offense, if, if for some reason the having a part of your hand chopped off doesn't get the message across, third offense, gremlins come and torture your genitals with a car battery. And then finally, final offense is just fucking Krampus. He just shows up and does his fucking thing. Krampus just shows up and he like waves the decorative towel in your face so you know and you're like, fuck, and then he takes you. 
And so, you know, don't use the towel adorned with reindeer orgies and snowmen marching on Washington because that's what's going to fucking happen to you. Those are decorative. Those are not to be used. Use a regular towel. Where are the regular towels? Figure it out. Now, let's talk a little bit about some white trash holiday decor because that's taken on a very frightening and insane life of its own in recent years. And it's uh, supposed to be ironic, but really it's just stupid. So original, real white trash Christmas is very, very noticeable. You know when it's authentic is what I'm saying. For example, a Hanukkah menorah made from empty beer bottles is hilarious, but it's not, a, but it's not authentic. Whereas hanging your deer head hunting trophies in front of a John Deere tractor that has Santa riding on it while holding a beer, that's authentic as shit. You came up with that because you thought you were cool, not because you were being ironic. If your Christmas tree has one strand of lights and a Confederate flag on it and nothing else, that is authentic white trash. Maybe you've hung camouflage stockings above a cheap plug-in fireplace with a tiny tree setting on top of it, and that tiny tree inexplicably has antlers for reasons that are known only to you and only you think are cool. And then you've hung your, quote, decorations on the antlers, and those decorations are nothing more than keychains with Ford Motor Company logos or Dodge Motor Company logos on them. That qualifies as authentic white trash holiday decor, people. That's what it is. Now... The only way it could get any more authentic would be uh, waking up on Christmas morning to freshly soaked or freshly smoked deer jerky and a can of wintergreen skull dip tobacco. I'd normally have included a case of Pops Blue Ribbon or Keystone Light, but chances are Santa and your seemingly always pregnant girlfriend drank all of that the night before while banging each other in your panel-sided trailer park bedroom while you were trying to get some college muff at the bar with your bros, Dean, Keith, and Eric. Moving on. I think this is a good time to bring the kid in. Don't you? Let's bring in the kid. Anakin, would you care to join me for some Christmas Yuletide fun? Yes. All right. So what is your uh, favorite Christmas song? And you got to sing a little bit of it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. Hit, hit them with it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You forget how it goes? He has a very shiny nose. His nose, he was born deformed is what, it's, what the story is. Listen. No, listen. He's red freaking Mimi Yeah, he was born with a deformity, and the, and, and the other deer mocked him for being born that way. Like he had a fucking choice. But go on, continue singing. Had a very shiny nose. Go on. If you ever saw him, you even say it glows. So that part of the song dictates that if anybody ever saw Rudolph, they too would mock his uh, birth deformity. Oh, yeah! They do. They mock him? Yes. Do you mock him? No. Am I supposed to mock him? Yes. I'm supposed to, but not you. Yes. Why, not do, why, why are you not to mock the, uh, the reindeer? I like him. You like him. You accept his deformity. You hate him the most. No, I don't hate him. I, I, just, call, I just call shit like I see That's him. That's a freaking now, what lie. Now, what else do you like about Christmas? Getting presents. Getting presents. I should have expected that answer from my eight-year-old. What What about getting presents do you like? Can, no, don't don't fuck with that. Because um, because why get when I was born, my first Christmas. <laughs> you did the face on your first Christmas. I took a picture of you. I just kind of yelled your name, and you like turned like your little infant head around, and you made the face. Stop doing that. Oh, just sit on the damn chair. It's a chair. <laughs> no, I'm trying. Okay, so what about what? What is it? What's your favorite part of getting presents on Christmas Day? Mm, not getting cold in my favorite part. Not getting cold. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about. Stop doing that. Oh my God, I want to break your feet off. You know what my Christmas gift is going to be? Utter fucking silence because of your broken legs. Now stop. I'm being serious. So let's talk about getting cold for Christmas. Why would you get cold? Why, what, why does a person get coal for Christmas? I'm looking at the wall. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, you don't want to talk about it. I guess it's because I you I want did... to talk about the other things, but not coal. Okay, well, uh, uh, what about Christmas decorations? What's your favorite Christmas decoration? Ornaments. Ornaments? Yes. What kind of ornaments? Come over here where the microphone can hear you, and you're off that goddamn chair. <laughs> Fine. Okay, what kind of ornaments do you like? The Santa one. <laughs> okay, you don't need to get right up on it. It can hear you fine. The Santa ornaments. Okay, so what is it about Santa Claus 
that uh, is your favorite makes his... Ours are broken. Okay, the fact that he's broken, which is good. Hey, did you know there's Santa Claus? And Did you know other countries around the world have different versions of Santa Claus? Yeah. Check this out. Did you know in Belgium, kids that live in Belgium? Yes. There are two, two Santas. Yes. You know what? One is called Saint Nick, and the other is called uh, Père Noël. And do you know what they do? Do you know what the bad, good cop, bad cop routine is? No, you don't. Don't shake your head like you do. Let me tell you. It's, a, uh, it's where one is very, very mean yes. to get you to say stuff, and the other one's very nice to get you to do stuff. Uh-huh. So uh, Saint Nick and Père Noël are both in Belgium. And Père Noël is the nice one, and he's like, oh, kids, behave, and I'll give you presents. And meanwhile, St. Nick's like, behave, or I'll fucking smack your mother. Oh, my God. Behave, or I'm going to fucking knock your groceries out of your hand when you're walking down a flight of stairs. I'm going to wait till you get right up to the flight of stairs. I'm going to come out of my... I'm going to melt myself out of the shadows like an icy specter, and I'm going to punch your groceries down the staircase, fucker. Oh, oh my So that's what God. they do. That's, there's two Santas there. And did you know if you're good, Père Noel does bring you presents. But if you're naughty, St. Nick shows up, and you know what he gives you? Coal. I no, not in not in Belgium. In Belgium, you wish for coal. In Belgium, pa- Saint Nick brings, like I said, Père Noël brings you presents, but Saint Nick brings you fucking twigs and old leaves and fucking pine needles and shit. So basically, he what? just gives you like, yeah, he basically just gives you like the floor of the fucking forest at any <laughs> given point in, of the year. What the hell? Yeah, he's a real dickhead. Now, did you know in um? Did you know in... Yes. Well, just wait. You don't even know. Did you know in Japan... Oh, yes. In Japan, they have Jose uh, Oshi. Jose Oshi. Yes, yes, I know him. That is the Santa Claus of Japan. And he's... Don't sit on that. And he's a Buddhist monk. And... Stop. Do you know what he does? If you're good, he comes and he gives you a present for being... Um, on, for being respectful. And I know. How do you say present in Japan, though? I don't know. Present. Um, but if you if you're a respectful child, and I'm you got to make sure I get this right because he's Japanese. If you are respectful, he will give you a uh, reward by giving you a gift on Christmas Day. But if you are disrespectful of of things, he gives you nothing. And you want to know how uh, Jose o- Jose Oshi knows if you've been disrespectful? Yeah. Well, because he's Japan and they're fucking insane. He has eyes all over his fucking body. Oh my god. Yeah. He's got eyes on his neck, on his head, on his arms and shit like that. Are you serious? Yeah, and they're always fucking watching. So he can see you at any point in time because his body is covered from head to toe with fucking eyes. He's a thing of goddamn nightmares. Oh my god. All right. Hey, I'm going to do some more. I'll call you back in whenever I have some more questions for you, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you for your holiday input. All right. Let's talk a little bit about some uh, terrible Christmas movies. Or, you know what? No. Fuck that. Fuck that. I don't want to talk about terrible Christmas movies. I want to talk about the Christmas movie. I want to talk about the fucking Christmas movie. And I think you guys all know which one I'm talking about. I'm talking about Die Hard. The definitive Christmas movie. And a lot of people, this debate has been going on since uh, for longer than I can fucking talk about. The debate of... Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Well, first off, yes, it completely is. That's a fact, not an opinion. So suck that dick, uh, anybody that says it's not. And uh, for those of you who agree and know that Die Hard is, in fact, not just a Christmas movie, but the definitive Christmas movie, I um, I welcome you into my home. And as well as te- want to go over a little bit of why. So aside from the fact that the movie takes place on Christmas Eve, we've got John McClane who is, at the beginning of the movie, very much like the Ebenezer Scrooge uh, story of uh, A Christmas Carol, uh, which I've got more on that later. But, um, you know, in, in that, you know, he hasn't really been following his, the, the being the best person he could be. His wife has left him. She doesn't go by his last name anymore. And, um, you know, so he gets to the tower, and uh, they start talking, and immediately it's snark, and they get into a fight, and she leaves. And then the terrorists show up. And over the course of him fucking blowing up elevator shafts and uh, making witty remarks as he crawls through fucking ventilation uh, areas, um, he learns that, you know, he, he should change. He needs to change if he wants to get out of this night alive with his wife uh, alive as well. 
Uh, so he learns to change. And right after the part where he's w- running over broken glass and he's in the bathroom and he's tearing broken glass out of his feet, he tells, uh, he's on the um, walkie-talkie with uh, Sergeant Al Powell, uh, played by the fantastic Reginald Bell Johnson. And uh, they're discussing how, uh, just in case he doesn't make it out, to tell his wife, Holly, that he's sorry. He's, uh, she's never heard him ap- apologize before. She's heard him uh, say, never say he's sorry. So, you know, that's where he comes to his revelation moment. And then from there on out, he's, he's redeemed. You know, he's redeemed. And so he goes on to uh, kick ass in the way that only John McClane could do and not just kill the terrorist, but saves, saves the Nakatomi Corporation, I guess, but definitely saves Christmas. John McClane saves fucking Christmas. Over. Done with. Fact. Done. Now let's talk about some Christmas traditions from around the world. Um, there's only one that really stood out to me that I felt that was wor- uh, noteworthy of uh, discussing. And uh, that is the tradition of the Iceland Yuletide lads, who uh, very well may be violent psychopaths. My reasoning for this is that they knock on your child's window... And they demand that the child who comes to the window produce to them a shoe. Knock, knock. Oh, is your child at home? That's, I don't know if that's an Iceland accent. That was terrible. I don't, fuck it. Um, anyway, however, whatever the Iceland accent is, is, is your child at home? And a child comes up to the window and they're like, give us a shoe. Give me your shoe. And the child has to produce a shoe. And then they take the shoe and then judge based on some unknown fucking criteria, possibly the condition of the shoe, I'm not sure, if the child has been good or bad that year. Now, good children get, and I'm quoting directly from what I read here, trinkets of undisclosed nature return to them inside of the shoe. And bad children get a rotten potato. Bad children get a rotten potato put inside of their shoe and given back to them. So, here's what I want you to do, everyone. Here's what we're doing. I want everyone to close their eyes, okay? Close your eyes. You live in Iceland. You have a nice Icelandic uh, shack. It's warm inside. And you're sitting down for Christmas Eve dinner. Okay? That's where you're at. And oh, oh, the window pane is icy and kind of frosted. But there's a knock at it. Hello? Hello? Traditional Icelandic peoples who are possibly violent psychopaths. I don't know if this is the red accent again, but fuck it. Um, so they, they just knock at the window. And you open the window, and they say, Hello, are there any childs in here? And, uh, you know, as if that's not creepy as shit enough, you say yes, because this is just normal over there. And then you take your child and you leave them at the window with unsupervised with this fucking, quote, Yule lad who, again, could very well be a violent psychopath. And then they demand of the child, they, we need that child to produce a shoe. Can the child produce us the shoe? And it snatches the shoe out of the kid's hand and inspects it and then returns it, filled with either trinkets or a nasty-ass fucking rotten potato. Now, these creepy assholes just roll up to your home and judge your children based on the quality of a shoe. How fucking wonderful. What merriment and joy that must bring. What criteria do they use to determine the quality of this shoe? Or how it equates to the child's naughty or nice nature? And what what's worse are their names? which are said to hint at the type of trouble they'll cause the naughty children. I want that to sink in. Their names hint at the type of trouble they cause for children based on their level of naughtiness. We have Stubby, Pot Scraper. These are the names. These are the, these are the Yule Lad's names. Stubby, Pot Scraper, Sheep Clawed, Gully Gawker, Spoon Licker, Bowl Licker, I guess they're twins, Door Slammer, Sky Gobbler, Sausage Swiper, Doorway Sniffer, Candle Stealer, Window Peeper, and 
Wait for it. Meat Hook. Their names hint at the trouble they cause, and most of them sound like murderers and sex criminals. I will pass on ever going to Iceland for the fact that I know this is a fucking tradition over there. These fuckers exist. Why should I want a troll person named Door Sniffer or Sausage Swiper or Window Fucking Peeper or goddamn Meat Hook coming anywhere near me or anybody I know? Now, another thing around the holiday season that everybody fucking just loves to talk about, everybody just loves to go on and on about, is the goddamn snow. Well, let me tell you. I hate the fucking snow so fucking much. Not not over at all. Like, Christmas is okay. I just, I just hate driving in it and the fact that it exists anywhere but the grass and is not like a contained entity. Uh, partially because I've been in 13 car accidents in my fucking life, ranging from fender benders up to and including full-on total vehicles, and the majority of them have been snow-related. I'll be perfectly all right if the snow, A only ever sticks to grass, yards, or places it looked pretty, and B, never stuck to the road ever, and why not? C, wasn't just an overall pain in my ass. Now, if snow could just follow the, those three basic rules that I just laid down, we'd be okay. Me and snow would be okay. But no, it's got to be a dick. It's got to lay on the roads and take 30 minutes to clear off my car and another hour to clear the driveway just to be able to leave. Then, while I'm gone, it's going to recover the places that I just fucking shoveled and cleared because Snow is an asshole and it just loves to fuck with me. Listen, if I have to begin my day two hours earlier so that I can stand outside in the cold fighting an unwinnable battle, then I'm going to be pissed. And that's the Snow's exact fucking purpose. If Snow were a person, it would be that douchebag that loves to see other people irritated. It's the guy who is too loud during the movie on purpose. It's the annoying drunk in every bar you've ever been to. I know you know that guy. You've never met before, but he rolls up like your fucking best friends, buys one round, and then expects you to repay the favor in triplicate while he stares at your girl's tits all night and then says he'd like to fr get freaky with that ass before forgetting both of your names and stumbling into the guys playing pool. That guy, that guy that I just described, that's Snow. He's an annoying asshole who pisses you off and fumbles off someplace, but you still know they're around, which keeps you irritated. If I could, I would challenge the very essence of Snow to a fight. To the fight of the century. Life on the line. Winner take all. My fist against Snow's fury. We fight until only one remains. Ready or not, let's begin. Every snowflake I punch out of existence, and I've done this before, is a victory. To me. What if Snow sent an army of evil snowmen, though? All of whom hate me because they're made of snow and know I hate them. And I had to fight them. I'd take those odds. I'd kick some angry snowman ass. I'm ready. Bring it on. My point is that snow is awful and needs to be subjugated before it becomes an unstoppable dick that it intends to be. Anyway, sorry. I just fucking hate the snow. Alright, so... I think this is going to be uh, a good time to bring Anakin back in. Anakin, do you like the snow? All right, great. That was Back to the Future. All right, good. Uh, what do you do? You like the snow? Kind of. What do you like about snow? Taking a shit in it. Do you like to take a shit in the snow? No. No. Lies. What about uh, my mom says lies? What about um? What about building a snowman? Or no. I, no, wait. I'm sorry. I got to be politically correct. It's twenty. We're going into twenty twenty. What about building a snow life? A no. snow no. person. No. You don't like that. What about uh, ooh? What about snow? You know, when it snows a bunch on the road and you don't, you get to get off school. Yeah, you like that one, don't you? Yeah, I know. You, you like that. You know what I don't like about that same thing you like is that because you snowed a bunch and you're off school, I'm outside. Spending 45 minutes getting the snow in my fucking car while you're in here, warm and toasty, going, No, snow! I get to eat hot chocolate! No, you don't. Who fucking eats hot chocolate? It's a liquid. You drink it. Hey, hey, hey. Get off of that. Now, what else do you like about the snow? Um. Is it pretty? Taking a piss in it? No. No? You're damn right. Ooh, do you, do you like to, have you ever eaten snow? Yes. Yellow Did you snow? eat the yellow snow? No. Okay, good. Because I left a bunch of yellow snow out there. I was it's expecting you to eat it. Da, 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 da. 
That's not cliche. Everybody eats the yellow snow. How about the green snow? Do you eat that? Because it's possibly toxic, and that's how you get superpowers. Toxic Avengers. Oh, well, yeah. Now, I imagine Toxie's piss or whatever would probably be like, probably it'd be containing a lot of blood. Would it glow in the dark? It would glow in the dark, yes, but it would have a lot of blood in it. Um, okay, so what else about uh, the holidays do you like? What else about snow do you like? Dying. You like dying? Yeah. You like being out there in the, in the cold and it makes you fucking... Does dad, does and, dad. Oh, you just want me to die in the snow. You want the end of fucking The Shining to happen. <laughs> well, you don't... Like when you try to get in your car, but it's actually snowed and it's just... You like watching me suffer out there <laughs> yes. while, while I fight the snow and you laugh at me. Jesus Christ. Well, you know what mom says I do in the snow? Some fucked up thing she hasn't thought of yet, but I'm sure she's going to say it. And you know what you're going to reply? What do you do? What do you say whenever mom goes, oh, you know what dad does in the snow? That's where he hides his bitches or some shit like that. What do you say? I believe mom. I believe mom. That's it. Okay. I'll call you back in one more time before the episode's over. Thank you. Right into the ashtray. Right into the ashtray. God damn it. Okay. Why'd you do that? So, again, uh, it's the yeah. it, it's the holiday season, and uh, there was that uh, thing I played at the beginning of the episode where from Christmas Vacation, where Chevy Chase just goes off about his boss suspending fucking Christmas bonuses. Everyone with me? Good. Where am I going for the, with this? Wait for it. Like I said, I'm watching the film, and his boss suspends Christmas bonuses, and that's what I realized that I've never gotten a holiday bonus. So I started to look into it, and I found that the majority of companies today do a lot of stupid and wasteful shit instead of giving their employees a holiday bonus. And then I had a cathartic moment. And let me explain. You know that time you get to not work around the holidays? Maybe it's a day, maybe more, I don't know, but your bosses would really love it if you keep the company in mind during those times. So instead of Christmas bonuses, they'll give you something like a shitty keychain with the fucking company logo on it. Or a thermos, again, with the damn logo on it. Yeah. And always, it's always some self-advertising piece of swag that, uh, that, that they hand out. I cannot tell you the amount of company swag I've received in my two decades of constant work, but I can tell you exactly how much of that company swag did not end up in the garbage. And that's fucking zero percent. Zero percent of the crap that I've gotten... Uh, as my quote-unquote holiday bonus, something with a Best Buy tag on it, or something with a, like, ooh, this is good for your keys. Why don't you put your keys on this Sears lapel? All of it is in a fucking landfill someplace. It's, and it's, it's an idea that you know that the company leadership was a thousand percent on board with the instant it was ever suggested. They all probably got super excited, probably said, how about we just give everybody who works for us a cup, but we put the logo on the cup, and then they can drink out of the cup that has the logo on it. It's a good cup. It's made out of plastic. It costs 48 cents to produce. But then we put the logo on it. So now it's got to be worth something. Especially oh, yeah. to them. When they buy it in bulk. Oh, yeah. And the rest of the fucking uh, board just... Uh, huzzah! Huzzah! And they cheered huzzahs. And are they're just so confident that their 10-cent plastic cup on their desk will be something you'll both love and cherish for as long as you live. That they don't even question whether or not bonuses should be a thing. Your boss will swing by your desk sometime in January and be like, hey, Chief, how you doing? Well, uh, just to show you the appreciation for all your hard work away from uh, uh, your mentally disabled and physically deformed mutant child, uh, we got you this uh, one gigabyte USB drive that has the company logo on it. And, uh, you know, that's a very nice USB drive right there. So, it, uh, see how it's got the logo on it? All right, cool. Good work. Good work, champ. Keep it up. And then there are the holiday parties. Now, now, I get the obligatory game of I haven't seen that you're alive since last year, but now I see that you're still alive, that we play with our families, but that's just how it is. I get that game. But then you get the company holiday parties, which are for employees only. And those are like watching your boss show off through an open bar and one of those dumbass photo booths with the semi-drunk girl from accounting will flash everybody in because she's just cool like that exactly how much cash they have lying around that doesn't go to you. They'll cater in shrimp and cold meats from non-identifiable mammals, and at some point after he goes to the open bar one too many times, your boss will want to talk to you about his upcoming divorce. 
How about we just skip all of that and you use all of that extra money to give us them holiday bonuses that I've been talking about? You save us a shitload on the one gigabyte USB sticks that have the fucking logo on it that, that I'll definitely, quote, lose in the garbage before I leave that day. How about that? How about everybody saves, saves the time, give your employees a company, don't give them a company party, give them a holiday bonus. Look at their work for the year and give them a bonus. Say, hey, you know what? You did a good job. Our thank you is this amount of money for your holiday and you know we know you guys we know everybody spends a lot on the holidays for your family and your friends and your kids and the neighbors and the dog and the cat and uh, old uncle Joey up there in the slammer for for what he did to that kid at the park that time and uh, Billy the parrot oh don't forget don't forget Willie the parrot oh und- oh wait what about that what about those people that also you you bought some gifts for fucking people you don't even know because you're that you're just that good of a person. Well, okay, we could give you the money for that and just say thank you. Here's your money back because we know how hard you work and we know how much money you spend. But instead, here is a one gigabyte USB drive with the company logo on it. Merry fucking Christmas. <sighs> speaking of the uh, other holiday parties, speaking of the other holiday parties, the ones with the family. I'd like to share a story with you. I'd like to share a story from way back in the day. I was a young man then, only uh, maybe six or seven years old. And uh, I remember we had the whole family together and my grandma was there. And uh, my cousin, my, my little cousin was, uh, no, I had to be older. I, I had to be around 10 because my little cousin was uh, around six at that time. And uh, my great-grandfather was still alive for this. And he was talking to my little cousin. He was, he was telling him to slow down and not run around the house at the edge of the stair, at the top of the staircase. And so my six-year-old cousin pulled my ailing, like, 70-year-old great-grandfather down the flight of stairs and sent him to the emergency room. True story. Merry Christmas. Hey, Pap-Pap. You know what I... Li- Oh, you don't want to be running. You don't want to be running, right? Right, Agnes? Oh, you don't want to be running. If you're running, then you could hurt somebody. You know what's going to hurt somebody? What's going to hurt somebody? This. And then they pull you down a flight of stairs. Merry fucking Christmas. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. You know what? I think that's going to be it for this episode. I was going to bring Anakin back in, but uh, you want to come back in one more time, buddy? No? No, he's passing on it. So, uh, without further ado, without further, oh, oh, what's that? You're a mean one, Big, Mr. Big John. You really are, Big John. You sit inside your car outside all morning and all night, Big, Big John. You're the magic man I with Greasy black peel. Oh no, I'm sorry, you just have one of those in your car. You're, You're a monster. monster. Big, Mr. Big John. You're a heart's an empty hole. Your sigh on TC sitting outside is filled to the brim with garbage. Big, Big John. I wouldn't touch you with a. 39 and a half foot That needed no editing. Okay. So, uh, this has been the Holiday Jubilee. Um, no, you know what? There is one more thing I want to talk about. Um, you remember they used to have, back in the day when we were kids, when I was a kid, they used to have holiday specials each year. They don't do that anymore. They don't fucking do that no more. They used to have holiday specials. And you know what? which one I just clearly remember from fucking being a kid? Do you remember Mr. T and Emmanuel Lewis from Webster? They did a Christmas special together. And I remember it, it went something like Emmanuel Lewis wasn't in the Christmas spirit. So Mr. T was just like, he was just like a, like a, like a street side Santa Claus. Or he was dressed like a street side Santa Claus. And he was, just, he was just there ringing the jolly Santa Claus bell and just pitying any fool that had, didn't have the Christmas cheer in them. So uh, Emmanuel Lewis didn't have Christmas cheer. Mr. T rolls up and he just he just 
abducts this kid and takes him around. He's like, hey, suck it. As a matter of fact, let's see if I can find that. Let's see if I can find some of that. Yes! It exists! All right, here we go. Alright, so this is the thing. Tonight, Mr. T and Emmanuel Lewis star. He's a big guy with a tough little problem. Mr. T needs some heavyweight magic to fill this tiny Scrooge with the Christmas spirit. He's got singing star Maureen McGovern to help. Along with skating superstars Ty Babylonia and Randy Gardner. And famous illusionist David Copperfield. Wow. With some re Alright, so here's the part that I remember. Here's the part that I remember best, and it is Mr. T's speech about Christmas, which when I was a kid was like very touching. But as I grew up, and what you're about to hear is the insanity of a man who, A, should never be allowed to write his own dialogue, and B, from what I can tell based off this speech, because I've listened to it again before, is that Mr. T is just obsessed with finding out whether or not the baby Jesus smiled on the night he was born. Don't believe me? Here it goes. But there's still just one thing you don't know about that night. And that is, did the baby smile? From all the books that I've read, from all the songs that I've heard, from all the historical records that I've seen, from all the theologians that have spoken, from all the scholars that have spoken, and the teachers, the preachers, the priests, and yes, even the prophets. Not one of them to tell us whether or not that baby smiled. No, we don't know if that baby smiles at night, but all of us, right here and right now, should make a promise that during this Christmas season and every Christmas season, we should help somebody who needs help because the blessed of us must try to save the less of us. And then, and only then when we know that we need that baby smile. Okay, so I'm going to have to fix the audio on that. By the time you hear this, I'm hoping that it was fucking, uh, it'll be clear enough. But did you hear how that was the obsessiveness of a man who just wants to know if an infant born 2,000 years ago smiled? He said he's read stories, historical documents, songs, preachers, teachers, and yes, even the prophets to find out if baby Jesus smiled. That is fucking insane. That is pure goddamn nonsense. Pure fucking insanity. And that is why I love Mr. T. Um, because that's he should, a, he should never write his own dialogue. What you couldn't see, by the way, there is that while he's spitting off the insanity of a man obsessed with finding out if an infant smiled, um, Emmanuel Lewis, he, he's, he's filled with Christmas cheer over it. Maybe that idea filled him with Christmas cheer. And so the lady who played ma'am on Webster, who is also there, uh, gives him a hug. But uh, at that, I think that's going to do it for this year's holiday special. Without further ado, I want you all to, uh, well, if you could check out a, uh, a fireside chat hosted by uh, Mr. Ryan McCormick, you could uh, find that on Libsyn. Also, uh, this is my holiday voice, by the way. Check out 4AM Knows All of My Secrets by Ryan McCormick and Tiffany Moore. What a what a happy holiday, cheerful holiday podcast they'll they'll do for you. Oh, maybe check out the boys over at McSauce, Ian, Paul, and Matt on uh, Podbean. They're full of they're they're just teeming with Christmas cheer. They are. Check out uh, Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case. I've never seen more Christmas cheer outside of my own window pane. I don't know. Shut up, Chad. Or check out the uh, the boys at Lunch After Dark, who are just fucking great. Um, okay, thank you very much. It has been a wonderful Yuletide season. And, uh, you know, I think the best song to play here for the uh, bear music is got to be a holiday, holiday song. So without further ado, cue the holiday fucking bear music.
Remember when we first met John McClane? Argyle picked him up from the plane And took him down the Nakatomi Tower To meet with Holly He came to get her back and to be her man But Hans and his buddies fucked up the plan And that's about when everything went sour At the Christmas party And the terrorists were overzealous But they were sweet when they killed Alice And with a little help from Alan John Christmas, he didn't get any help from Alan, but 